As I promised you in the last section, we are moving into applications of anti-differentiation. And before we actually work with applications, I have a calculator exercise for you to do. This will help you to understand what's going on with something called particular solutions. So get out your calculator, and what I'm going to ask you to do is to actually graph these four functions, and notice I've called them f of x up here, y equals x squared, y equals x squared plus 4, y equals x squared minus 1, and y equals x squared minus 15. And I'm having a little trouble with my pen, in case you hadn't noticed. But hopefully you can read those. y equals x squared minus 15 on the bottom here. So graph those four functions. And then using your F5 math function, the F5 key under the graphing function, I would like you to find for each of these functions, f prime of 1, f prime of 3, f prime of negative 1, and f prime of negative 3. And um, when you do this, there's a quick way to go back and forth between the four functions. I would like you to actually graph all of them on the same window. And you might notice that zoom standard doesn't necessarily work for all of these. So there's an exercise in getting the window right, too. After you graph these and you're looking for the derivative at x equals 1, you can use your up and down blue arrows to go from one graph to the next to the next to the next, once you have all four on your window. So what you're going to do after you graph all four, get a window that shows them all around the x values between negative 5 and 5. Then find the derivative using the math function at x equals 1. Fill in the the table. Find the derivative at 3 find the derivative at negative 1, and find the derivative at negative 3. And then after you've done that, um, just go ahead and come back and watch the rest of the video. Now what we can see from the calculator is that the derivative at 1 for this first function, you should have gotten 2. And also the derivative for the second function is 2 and the third is 2, and the fourth is 2. And if you looked at the tangent lines, you would see that all the tangent lines at x equals 1 are uh, have slope 2. They're all parallel at that same x value of 1. At x equals 3, the derivatives were all 6. And if you looked at all the tangent lines, they would all be parallel with a slope of 6, so steeper, steeper tangent lines like that. The derivative at negative 1 was negative 2. And so you had downward tangent lines all parallel to each other. At x equals negative 1, the slope was negative 2. And then finally, at negative 3, the slope was negative 6. We had downward downward facing tangent lines with slope negative 6, all parallel. Now, why were they all parallel at each individual x value? Why do you get the same derivative at every x value? Well, if you actually just fill in f prime of x for every single one of those four functions, f prime of x is 2x. Now, why do they all have the same derivative, i.e., the same slope for any x value? When we look at the original functions at the beginning of the table, we notice that the variable term is always x squared, positive x squared. The plus 0 that isn't written here but could be, and the plus 4, and the minus 1, and the minus 15, 
none of those affected our derivative, right? So there, here are four functions, all of, who, all of whose derivatives are equal to 2x. So we have four functions whose derivatives are equal to 2x. And so if we have f prime of x equals 2x, the function that represents that derivative of 2x is x squared, but not just x squared. It's also x squared plus 4, or x squared minus 1, or x squared minus 15, or x squared plus a million or a 100 million. So it's x squared plus c. Now, we used c in the last section, but this is a, um, just a, a little way to investigate and see that the antiderivative of a function is actually a family of functions. Or you can call it a family of antiderivatives. So when you talk about the antiderivative of a function, that's really kind of a misnomer unless you know more about the function than just its derivative, because there are an infinite number of functions whose derivative, in this case, equals 2x. Because of the constant factor, there are an infinite number of functions who have the same slope. So that's why we have a family of antiderivatives. Now, um, on the graphing calculator, you saw this better than I would be able to show it here. But here's x squared. Here's maybe x squared plus 4. Here's x squared minus 1. And to me, it kind of looks like a bunch of ladies' necklaces. You know, when back in the 80s especially, ladies would wear like lots of different chains. And um, you probably don't remember this, many of you, but I do. And um, so we have an infinite number of possible functions that all have the same slope for each x value that they share in common. So you can see that better, like I said, on the graphing calculator. That, obviously, I drew my graph wrong. I'll cheat and do that. So because there are an infinite number of antiderivatives for any one derivative, that means we need more information if we want to talk about one specific antiderivative of a function, say, in this case, 2x. So here's an exercise to show you what I mean. Find a function, capital F of x, such that capital F prime of x equals 2x, and f of 4 equals 1. So remember that f prime of x equals 2x, that represents a parabola somewhere on the y-axis shifted up or down. So I have an infinite number of possible parabolas that it could be until I look at the fact that f of 4 needs to equal 1. So that suddenly gives me a point on the parabola. When x is 4, y is 1. So the question is, what is f if f of 4 equals 1 and f prime of x equals 2x? So you could do trial and error to try to find this out, but there actually is a nice, um, very quick technique to do this. It's kind of confusing if you don't realize that all you're doing is trying to figure out which parabola shifted up or down on the y-axis, because the derivative is 2x, it's a parabola, which one has the point for 1 on it. And so you're really just trying to find the one that fits that. But rather than do trial and error, we start with the fact that f prime of x equals 2x means 
that in general, the function that was differentiated and gave us 2x was x squared plus or minus, if you like to think of c as positive, plus some constant. So either up on the y-axis or down on the y-axis, it, well, or maybe not at all, c could be 0. To find out what c is, I need more information. And that's how I use the fact that f of 4 is 1. So f of 4 is 1 means I put in 4 for x, and I should get 1 as a result, right, if that's the function I want. So 1 equals 4 squared plus the constant that I'm looking for. As soon as I know the constant, then I know where that parabola is on the y-axis, and that's when I know exactly which specific function I'm talking about. So 1 is f of 4, that's my y-value, x is 4, and if I simplify, I have 1 equals 16 plus c, and I just solve for c by subtracting 16 from both sides. So c is negative 15. So it was actually one of the four functions I asked you to graph. So if you still have them on your calculator, you could double check. You could go to uh, f of x or y equals x squared minus 15. Oh, let me write that. f of x equals x squared minus 15. And go ahead and look at that function, that graph, and plug in 4 for x under value, f5 math value, x equals 4, you should get y equals 1. And if I sketch the graph going back over here, the y-intercept of this parabola is negative 15 because it's x squared shifted down 15 units. So the antiderivative of 2x, given the fact that the, the original function's value when x is 4 equals 1, the antiderivative is f of x, x squared minus 15. This is called a particular solution to the antiderivative because I think I even said in particular, or if I didn't, I should have. In particular, not only is f prime of x equal to 2x, but the original function that gave us that derivative of 2x is specifically x squared minus 15. So when they give you information about the function more than just its derivative, then you're often able to find the particular solution of the antiderivative. And that way you know exactly which function you're talking about. Now there are going to be uh, some examples, some uh, applications coming up soon where you can see how this can be useful. But for now, all I did really was to say my antiderivative has a c in it. I plug in the information I'm given about x and y, and I solve for c. And that tells me what the function is exactly.